Welcome to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The way I can give support to the world right now is by showing up. Uh, The most important thing is don't think just that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself. Show up. If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is Dr. Nancy's passion and her purpose, and talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of her favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up in my conversations. I build relationship. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Brianna Baker is a graduate of Spelman College, Columbia University, and the founder of Justice for Black Girls. Justice for Black Girls has become a national voice on the urgency of Black girl safety within and beyond the classroom. The organization has been archived in the Library of Congress under protests against racism and cited in the White House Roundtable for Girl Leaders. Brianna has guest lectured at universities across the country and spends her summers teaching at Spelman College. Her work has been featured in MSNBC, Bloomberg, Harper's Bazaar, Elle, Washington Post, and in global campaigns with McDonald's and Nike. As the visionary and executive director of Justice for Black Girls, Brianna's work is both a space for Black girl safekeeping and a national rallying cry for all of us to listen, love, and affirm Black girls' genius and power. Now here's Dr. Nancy and her guest, Brianna Baker. You know, when, when somebody looks at you, Brianna, you're beautiful, you're intelligent, your presentation is absolutely wonderful. But we all know that we have trials and tribulations that we go yeah. through to get to where we are. Nobody's path is just clear and straightforward. So how'd you get right. how'd, how'd you get to be you? Okay, so very similar to you. My mom had three girls and my grandma also had three girls. And so I grew up loving girlhood, loving sisterhood, believing deeply in it and being affirmed in a really consistent um, and complex way. I believed that I could do anything. I I was affirmed that way at home. Now, when we transitioned to elementary school, that's when I experienced the realities of the world in a different way. And I realized that I was a black girl. And what that meant was that I was going to interact with racism and misogynoir and all these different things, right? I didn't have the language for that at that point, but that's when I first started experiencing those things. I started realizing that maybe I wasn't brilliant, powerful, beautiful because of my black girlhood, but in spite of it, those were the first times all through middle school, elementary school high school where I heard you're articulate for a black girl you're beautiful for a black girl I consistently heard that sort of messaging um and so I finally was able to transition um out of high school I went to a predominantly white high school for the first year and I was able to transition into a predominantly black high school and that completely shifted um, my understanding of my educational experience for two very distinct reasons. One, because I had Black teachers for the first time. And that was really, really powerful for me because they saw something in me and it wasn't just about what I looked like. It was about something much deeper. I had an identity outside of just external um, representations. 
But also I noticed that like our school was struggling mightily. We were in and out of accreditation. And so I was noticing that like, although the care was there from folks that worked in the institution, that like institutionally there was a lack of care. Cause the school I went to prior in a predominantly white area, we had a food court, we had a movie theater, we had all of these incredible things. And so my mom was hesitant to even allow me to go to this school, but we had like a magnet program where you would leave half the day. And so she gave me permission to go because one of the teachers said she really believed in me. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to be at a school that saw me and that cared about me. And so I begged my mom to stay. I, I begged her to stay. And that kind of laid the foundation for me then wanting to go to an HBCU. I went to Spelman College. I loved sisterhood. So going to an HBCU that is also all woman, it was just a no-brainer for me. When I walked on the gates, I knew I was home. And so the only thing I was missing from my educational experience in high school was curriculum that honored my fullness. And so when I got to Spelman and I wasn't just taking biology, but I was taking Black women in biology, or I was taking Black women political and achievement, I realized that, okay, this was what I needed. And so when I left Spelman, I was like, our babies need to experience this sooner. We shouldn't have to wait to get to Spelman. We shouldn't have to wait to get to higher education, to be in educational spaces that affirm us, that see us for who we are outside of what we accomplish, but also affirm that our accolades are not in spite of our identities, but because of our identities. And that's when it came full circle. And now for a living, I run justice. <laughs> well, you know, and I guess my question is, you know, growing up in a family with all girls and having a grandmother with all girls and, yeah. and so forth, what what do you think, you know, I mean, again, they did not necessarily prepare you for no. that experience. And and what, what did you think about that? Because that's, that was my first thought is that, again, having that similar experience or growing up in that same same era and girls growing up, what, what, what was that about when you went home and said, hey, mom, they don't treat me like you, you know, mm-hmm. I, I differently. But what, what was your mother and your grandmother saying to you? Mm. See, I think they grew up in a time where it was the narrative that you have to just be twice as good. And so they just affirmed over and over again that you have to be twice as good. And the older I got, I realized I thought it was four times as good because when you double for race and double for gender, I was like, you know, it it seems like it needs to be a little bit more. They kept affirming, they acknowledged the realities, but we didn't have like deep conversations about them. It was just, no, that. mm -hmm. So they took the high road. And, yeah, and, I, I, and, again, and again, that's that that's fine. I mean, that's mm-hmm. good. But uh, again, uh, you know, being prepared also helps a lot too. Yeah, but, you know, I've heard that more from young black women more than anything. You have to be twice as good, twice as smart, yes. as educated to get half as much. And yes. it really, it really is. It's really unfortunate. It's very sad. I need to introduce you to Dr. Sheila Robinson. That's oh, who I'm. Okay. That's who I'm going to introduce you to. She is a powerhouse. But I tell you what. She has a uh, women diversity, women's diversity magazine, but every year they have a wonderful conference and 70% are black women. But I I tell you what, you'll leave there feeling so high about your sisterhood and the people that you're with. I I will connect you with that, but let's talk about this justice for girls. So so some of the issues that were coming out for you were the voice of the youth, because I think that that's what this is about. I, I wish... We were, you know, if I if I turn the news on, I, I wish I'd be listening to someone your age mm. right now saying, this, this is what we need. This is what girls okay. need. This is what black girls need. This is what, what we need. And nobody's talking about what they need. They're just bad mouthing each other, which is absolutely ridiculous. But talk about the voice that we need. 
Yeah, I think it's so important that we don't just affirm that youth are our future, but they are now. They're experiencing what we're experiencing and they're the closest to the solutions that impact them. And so we have to listen to the folks that are most impacted by the issues that we're naming, right? So when we're thinking about issues like the adultification of our youth, right? When we think about issues like gun violence, when we think about all of these issues, when we think about the Crown Act and the fact that there are Black girls currently unable to graduate because they're wearing braids, right? Our babies are closest to the issues and they have voices and they're also developing keen critical analysis skills, able to come up with solutions. And so some of the solutions that we're missing are in the babies. And if we would just honor their brilliance, their fullness and their capacity, we could support them through co-creating the world that we've always deserved. And I think some folks are uncomfortable with that concept because I do believe that freedom work isn't children's labor and it shouldn't be children's labor and they should be something really sacred and beautiful about kids just being kids and I, I fervently believe that as well but when youth are saying they want to lead then we have to support them in that and so what we're saying about elevating youth voice it's not just making youth do everything it's supporting them by giving them frameworks that we have access to so that their work is a little bit easier it's about listening to their work or to their voices and doing the adult work to create a framework that sustains the solutions they're calling for yeah are you familiar with girls inc girls yes Yes, yes. I've been I've been involved with them as well. But there are some great organizations that are out there. So are you partnering with some of these organizations as well as far as what they're doing? Because again, they're creating some amazing young girl to women leaders, which uh, I mean, I, I went to, to one of their conferences recently and all the girls took, all the young girls took all the, you know, the introductions, they spoke. And I mean, it was, it, I mean, that's how you do it. You go yeah. out and you immediately say, you can do this. You can be a absolutely you your voice for good, and and it's absolutely a wonderful organization. So, absolutely. yeah, well, you, you you know all this stuff. Hey, <laughs> okay. the thing that 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 is very important, you know, again, having daughters for mm -hmm. me was I really didn't like being a girl. I really didn't. I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest, because I saw girls when I was growing up mm. not having much as much fun as boys. Yeah, so mm. I became the ultimate tomboy. You know, I went, I, I learned to kick the ball further than anybody. That was how I got along. And the boys came to my house, not to date me, but because they knew I was a good kickball. I was a good kickball. <laughs> God, she has a great sense of humor. One dog, another dog, and another dog. I said, okay, I get it. I get it. I got to, I got to figure out how to be a girl. So it was a tough yeah. road. And I think it still is for girls because mm -hmm. when they look around and see, boys getting this better or whatever yeah. something better. you know then you start to go well wait a minute what's going on here what's wrong with me well and one of the things that we do which we shouldn't do we do a lot of comparisons mm -hmm. you know and i was talking about you as far as beautiful smart and all the above but a lot of people look at you and go she doesn't have any problems she's mm -hmm. fine because women we tend to compare ourselves and we tend to measure ourselves between in that realm, which is absolutely incorrect. What are some of the lessons that you have learned that you share with young girls right now? Mm, I think what's most important is that you have to trust yourself. And people say that as a cliche, but I think it's one of the most important lessons because as girls, um, we're inundated with so many voices, with so many narratives about who we should be and how we should show up. 
And sometimes it's not until you learn to trust yourself that it's that you're learning to listen to your voice. Sometimes our fears, our hesitations around why we do certain things or why we shouldn't do certain things have nothing to do with how we truly feel, have everything to do with voices that we've heard throughout the entirety of our life. And so trusting yourself learn is about silencing the voices that aren't your own. And I think that's one of the most important things, one of the most important lessons for a girl is to listen to your voice and to create a hierarchy of voices and yours should be number one always. I think women, I think girls are taught far too often to listen to someone else before we listen to ourselves. And I think one of the most important lessons that we can give our babies and that young women who develop into strong, liberated um, women can learn is to trust yourself and trust your voice. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, <laughs> that that is true of everyone, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, some of the national issues that you've just described. So, what are the, you know? We're talking about lessons learned. Yeah. But also, where are you getting most most of the pushback? Where is the most of the pushback coming from right now? Mm, that's a great question. So, right now, um, the data is showing that Black girls are committing suicide at higher rates than any other youth demographic. Right. And so we know that there's a series of issues that compound to make that data set what it is. We know that our girls are being adultified, adultified disproportionately. Georgetown just put out a really um, thoughtful brief around that black girl. I stop you there, Jasmine. When you talk about adultification, explain that to me. What do you mean? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And so girls are being adultified. So what do what are you saying? Yeah, absolutely. On average, girls 5 to 14, Black girls 5 to 14 are seen as more knowledgeable about sex, less needing of nurturing, less innocent um, than their white female counterparts. And so Georgetown did a really thoughtful um, report on that um, to assess the ways that Black girl childhoods are being erased. And really, it's an age compression. So it means that like Black girls that are five are really being treated as if they're 15, and Black girls that are 14 are being treated as their full adults. And so that data is so important because the mistreatment of our girls and the erasure of their childhood impacts them mentally. And so you have girls that are in classes that are being mistreated by their teachers and you have folks that are making mistakes and they're being punished at a higher rate. And so what that translates to in schools is black girls being expelled 53 times more than their white counterparts because they're not showing up in the ways that their teachers expect them, but the expectations are rooted in misogynist and racist perspectives and biases around how girls should show up. And so it's so important that we expose folks to this research and to this assessment and so also to curriculum and uh, trainings that support folks because we know that folks aren't intentionally trying to harm our girls, right? But we know that there's so much unlearning that you have to do in order to ensure that we are loving our girls and allowing them to just be children. That means make mistakes. That means develop as typical children do, right? And be able to grow through childhood instead of be punished through and criminalized through childhood. Uh, I'd like to have that research that we can do a little, uh, we'll do a blog for that and get that information out. Yeah. But uh, that would be extremely important. Well, you know, but the media, the media, social media mm -hmm. is doing to all girls. Yeah. Black, white, every color, every girl is being pushed to to look a certain way, yeah. to grow a certain way, to dress a certain way. And, and, and it really is tough because the social media and that instant information that, that is transmitted to young people yeah. is really a huge, well, everyone, everyone, yeah. 
It is. You, it know, is. you turn on anything and it's food. It's how to get get more beautiful, how to yeah. you know, lose weight. I mean, it's always about what we aren't. It's always yes. about what we aren't and what we should be. Yes. And, and I think that's something that we all can learn from each other. But again, we, we need to create more awareness. I mean, yeah. for me, Women Connect for Good is about connecting the dots, but it's also creating awareness and making sure people understand what the issue, the true issues are yeah. and that what we can do about them. So, so what do you do about that? So you, you're talking about this adultification of young, young women, young girls. So mm -hmm. what do you do in your, in your justice for girls? How are you handling justice for black girls? How are you, do, how are you doing that? How are you? Yeah. And so, yeah, what we try to do is create external programming that allows girls to be able to safely experience education um, and liberated experiences without entering the violent institutions that we know sometimes harm our girls. And so we have a social justice education program that not only creates a sisterhood where folks who our babies are able to engage with um, Black women scholars, Black women theorists, Black women professors, but also creates a sisterhood where they're able to, some of them who don't have the privilege, unfortunately, of um, being in classrooms with other Black girls who don't have the privilege of being with just girls who would appreciate who they are and love who they are. They can kind of create that sisterhood through our programming. Additionally, we have a Black Girlhood Studies Fellowship Program where we fund research to expose more of these things so that Black girls can be the entry point to Black Girlhood Studies. Then we have our national conference um, that happens annually that allows Black girls the platform to share their research and also be in conversation with stakeholders. Like last year, our keynote was Dr. Nikki Giovanni, right? And so we had our girls in conversation with Nikki Giovanni to affirm that, again, youth are not just our future, but our now. And so we spoke about the legacy of revolutionary dreams and all of the things that we must accomplish together through intergenerational conversation to address the issues that are impacting our babies and forcing women to grieve their childhoods. And so the goal is to create a world where women aren't asked to grieve their childhoods, where they're not thinking back and saying, I wish I had access to this type of girlhood. The goal is to archive a glorious girlhood in real time. And so all of our program, the goal is to not ask, again, women to have to grieve their girlhoods, but girls to be able to experience fun, liberated um, girlhoods in real time. How many members do you have of this organization? Because this, this sounds like a, a very big plan that you're describing. It is a big plan. <laughs> My question when I'm listening to this, do you have a mentoring program? Do you have a mentoring program for these young girls? Yes. So that's our ambassadors program. Yes. We accept about 75 girls um, a year. And so that's virtual and girls all over the country are part of our ambassadors program. And so that's open during the summer. Okay. Well, there's things that we can connect with to help you with those things. That's what yeah. I'm trying. That's what I'm looking for. It's where where is our connection and how we can be most helpful? Okay, yeah. so love that. And okay, criminalization, mental health, and I know mental health is is a huge issue. It's mm -hmm. a huge issue for every every youth right now. You know, yeah. they're they're talking about they were talking about gun violence this morning in the yeah. schools, and you know, we we we've got some things to do. We have some work yeah. to do. So, what what are you doing about those particular things? Because I know you go your your platform is very big and you travel and you speak many, many places, but what are you doing about that particular issue? 
Yeah. So when we think about mental health, we have a healing and liberation initiative and that offers free um, mental wellness sessions to black girls nationally. And so what that happens every month we rotate, we rotate through yoga, we rotate through spiritual coaching, wellness coaching, and then breath work. And so our babies can learn some tools to create an individualized healing journey. And so they can better combat the issues. We also partner with sister organizations like Black Girl Smile. Black Girl Smile is one of our sister organizations that focuses solely on the mental health um, of Black girls. And then we also, through our digital platforms, we are constantly uploading resources so that folks have access to them in free and reduced cost resources so that folks, no matter what their economic standing in, can access the healing resources they need. So you're dealing with body, mind, and spirit all the time. Is that yes. Correct? Yes. <laughs> well, that is absolutely- that. That's, that's our approach. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm also a psychologist. So to, to hear what you're doing, is extremely important here. And I'm seeing more and more that seeking out mental health services is a good thing. Yeah. You know, where a lot of people used to think it was a, a weak thing. So I'm starting to see more and more. But what but what you're doing for these girls, how many how many girls do you see on a on an annual basis? Or how many girls have you seen so far? Annually or all together? Well, you, you give me your numbers, just whatever you want. Okay, sure. So annually about 200. And so, and I'm really grateful because for the last two years, we've been able to share our curriculum with Spelman College. And so I teach at Spelman College during the summers. And so I'm able to convene with our, uh, I call them my babies now too. Um, but yeah, and then on our digital platforms, we have almost 70,000 girls that we engage with just all the time as far as giving them access to our virtual programming. So yeah, our social media platforms have over... 70,000 folks connected. So your digital program is is set up for the year and then you've got yeah. 70,000 young young girls coming into the program as well. And then 200, yeah. what, introducing to the program that eventually will become part of that community? Yes. Part of your community? Yes, those are the folks that actually register for our consistent sessions, right? So like our resources are available through all of our digital platforms and we have 70,000 folks connected through there. But then our ambassadors program, which would be more like the mentoring program that you mentioned, that's where the girls apply to uh, engage in our research and our academic curriculum that centers Black girlhood. And so then they meet for consistent sessions to go through our curriculum and unpack identity, intersectionality, adultification, and colorism, respectability, and then safekeeping, healing, and autoethnography. And those girls go on to like share their research. For instance, uh, for the National Urban League, they presented at their headquarters or at UC Berkeley, they presented as guest lecturers through a feminist arts class, right? And so there's opportunities for our girls to become lecturers because again, we're affirming that they're theorists of their own experience, that they are the experts, that they're not just the future, but the now. And so they take our curriculum they create some of the presentations and they share them with the world wow i am totally impressed with what you're doing absolutely totally and we can't uh dr sheila needs good speakers and you would be an excellent speaker i, I will connect you no doubt about it. there's no doubt Yay, I would love to. so I, I know you're working on legislation and other things yeah. like the push out act and the crown act well tell me a little bit more about those yeah so the in push out act um is directly addressing the criminalization and exclusion of Black girls in schools and some of the data sets we mentioned earlier. And so that is just working to create uh, safe and inclusive spaces for girls in schools. And that's super important. Um, Dr. Monique Kufsen, she's the author of Push Out, the Criminalization of Black Girls in Schools. She brought that um, in tandem with Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, and they brought that to the floor. And that's been super critical with, again, just creating safer spaces and police-free spaces for our girls in schools. The Crown Act is a campaign that I'm 
especially passionate about, um, we actually have a mini film series that supports the storytelling and narrative shift around our girls. And so the Crown Act is just about resisting hair discrimination. And so where it impacts our girls, because we know that hair is such an important part of girlhood. And we know that just being able to look the way you want to look, is such an important part of girlhood. We want our girls to just be able to show up. All girls should be able to show up how they want to and be affirmed that that is beautiful and that that is enough. And like you were saying, far too often through social media messaging and just the messaging of their peers and the messaging of just patriarchy, it's all of these things girls are told they have to do to shift, to be acceptable, to seem deemed as beautiful. And we want our girls to just love the way they look, love the hair that comes off their head and love the way that they show up and the way that they were divinely created. And so the crown act just, again, resists hair discrimination so that girls can wear braids and graduate and can, you know, just show up in a way that affirms their beauty. And so, so that's so an area that so we're really passionate about. Girls are punished for braids in schools? Oh, absolutely. Currently, um, there was a girl last year who was unable to graduate, who was able to participate in graduation ceremony because she had braids. And currently there are folks, even grown women who are unable to work at certain jobs with braids. I know even when I was in high school, I was unable to have braids um, working at the store that I worked at. I won't say their names, but I was unable to wear braids. They told me that that was against policy code. Okay, well, this is the question I, I want to always end towards a, towards a conversation, of course. First of all, I love when you say our babies. Yay! <laughs> our babies I, I i've got that written down i think that is absolutely wonderful so how can how can we help and how can others help you yeah thank you so much okay so there's a series of ways that we can help one the work supporting our work is grossly underfunded right we know that black women and girls receive less than one percent of philanthropic investments and so in order for this work to be sustainable it needs financial support and investment that's the first way that folks can support second they can do uh engage in the resources and the readings so that they are just unpacking some of the narratives and some of the lessons that they learn that might be harming um girls around them and their subconscious it's not things that's folks want to do. They're not seeking to harm folks, but we just actively have to do that work of unlearning. There's so many things we've been layered by. And so there's a full resource list on our website that gives folks access to uh, research and literature that can support the safekeeping of our girls. Um, and then finally, um, support our work, attend our conferences. We have our conferences in the fall. Um, we have pop-up classrooms. Our girls are doing a pop-up classroom in February. And so you can follow us on justiceforblackgirls.com or or you can follow us on Instagram at Justice for Black Girls and support our work, attend one of our sessions and support our babies. And then lastly, affirm the Black girls in your life, affirm the girls in your life. Sometimes um, it's easier for us to repost someone that we see online that is demonstrating excellence, but sometimes it's the people that we interact with intimately that needs to be affirmed just as much. And so as much as we are affirming folks that have large platforms, when you see a little girl in your life that looks unsure, just remind her that she's brilliant and powerful. When you see, you know, a girl that has her head down remind her to lift it up you know those intimate interactions with folks that we don't always know and they might not be closest to us but we just see them we can see ourselves in them and so just yeah. affirming the girls that we interact with daily yeah well we we have a lift uh lift girls lift, lift women campaign that goes yes. on 52 52 weeks of the year we have lift that we can do, lift one another we'd love to give some information to you and your girls yeah your babies your babies yes 
to uh, get you on board with that campaign because you know if we lift if we lift our you know as as we lift and we bring we and we bring somebody with us what you're doing what you do every single time that you go in with your babies it it it, it lifts us all up it lifts yeah. us all yeah. I, I love your energy i love Thank your you. uh, passion and uh, you. again you you need to let us know how we can help absolutely in, in many ways. But again, I understand the financial part too. So uh, you just need to let us know that part. So yeah. what have I not asked you about that's important that uh, something that you want to share for the, for, our, for the end of our one conversation to have many conversations in the future? Oh, wow. I feel like you did such an excellent job. But if there was anything that I would leave are just some of the lessons that we can learn in Black feminist literature around girlhood. And uh, some of that's coming to me are just some of my quotes that I'm thinking about. Um, I'll leave Toni Morrison and Audre Lord first. Toni Morrison, if you surrender to the air, you could ride it. I think that's so powerful when you think about just surrendering, surrendering to all the things that we don't have control over. We think about all the personal things that we have to triumph over. But when you just surrender to what life has for you and you just start to ride the air, then it just becomes so much more beautiful. And then Audre Lord, if I um, listen to other folks fantasies of myself I will be crunched into them and eaten alive and it's just about self-defining it's about self-defining who you are and it's about actualizing purpose and I think that's how girlhood becomes really glorious and really healthy it's about defining dreaming and defining yeah well you know I'm on the national the board of the National Women's History Museum and the most important thing that we are doing is telling the stories telling yeah. the stories about black women white women that we've yes. never heard we're standing on their shoulders but we don't know about them and i think we need to rewrite the history books and start yes. sharing sharing those stories yes. about the amazing things that have been going on that we don't know about so and i think that's where the confidence will come and i think that's where more girls will feel more more valuable and and more important and more confident once they understand that they that we've we come from a place of abundance but the history books have mm. erased so much of our of the good things that we have yes. done yes. that we're, we're going to change that uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about what we're doing and you know we just had the black feminist exhibition at the martin luther king library and it was wonderful did you get a chance to go see that yes did i did it was amazing and i actually yeah I, I was just there not too long ago for the black history uh they had a black history series as well i mean i'm mlk series as well but yeah it was it was amazing it was amazing so so there are some good things happening we, yes. we're, we're not done we're yes. not done yes we're to do i love but, that yes but we but you know when we all work together we're gonna it's more yes. fun we're gonna get there get there sooner so yes. there will be an introduction coming for you with dr sheila robinson yes. and she is a powerhouse and you will absolutely love each other yes so, thank you so much gonna, to connect with you thank you no, this is just one time. We we want to get some information out, and we'll do this on. Uh, we'll do some blogging. We'll get some social media out there, and you send us information, and we will get it out to the to the to the masses to the masses. So, thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you're you. Absolutely thank you for what you're doing. We're so inspired by the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank no, you. So well, but you're you're inspiring the next generation, and yeah. and teaching teaching the others teaching us all what we should, you know, how, how we can behave and, and what's so very, very important. So 
You just keep doing the work and we're going to help you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for your light. Thank you for your light. And thank you for all the work you've done to trailblaze this point so that we can do this work. So thank you. Have a wonderful day and get us some you information too. and I will be in contact. Okay. Sounds great. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.